Hello everybody, welcome to episode 5 of the Smashing Skull Sessions. This is your host Richie and thank you for joining me. I was delighted to interview Kevin Storm and Ken Simmerly for the show. Fleetburner is an international project from guitarist and songwriter Kevin Storm, whom conceived the idea back in 2018. Fleetburner is a conceptual album that follows the adventures of a boy who leaves the sufferings of a war-torn land behind him by building a ship to escape and sail the oceans. It was great to discuss this story with both Ken and Kevin, who as an incredibly talented touring musician was able to assemble a stellar cast to perform on the debut self-titled album. The one thing however that eluded Kevin was a singer, despite casting his net far and wide across Europe, he was unable to land the vocalist to commit the time to get the project over the line. Enter Ken Simmerly. I was blown away by Ken's story. How he found Kevin and the fact that his soaring and powerful vocal performance along with his emotional buy-in to the project has been nothing short of inspirational. All the more unique given Ken's previous background as a touring singer in a Christian pop band. I hope you enjoyed the interview and please take the time to convert, share, like and subscribe to the Smashing Skull Sessions. Thank you. Hello, this is Richie from the Smash and Skull Sessions. I am delighted to welcome Ken Simmerly, vocalist with Fleetburner. How are you, Ken? Doing well. And Kevin, the guitarist, postman, composer, videographer, boom handle holder of Fleetburner as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you can add in another few titles there as well, Kevin, if you want that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably any any you can muster, yeah. <laughs> Holder of the flame. <laughs> yes, present. So I must say congratulations on probably the strongest debuts this year in the metal scene, I would say, in Europe anyway. How do you feel about that statement? Would you accept it? <laughs> I'll never accept it. I defy it. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll take it? <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. <laughs> All right, well, Ken will take it. <laughs> Let's go big. Let's go big with it, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's, uh, we've, Ken and I have been talking about this. There's the reviews about the album. Um, normally, people like break down the album and they say, okay, I like this and I don't like mm. that and this could be better and it's a good debut. But now it's like people are writing love letters and it's, it's, yeah. it's really strange. It's, uh, but it's, yeah, it's, it's nice. It is. It's really, it's probably humbling. And as well as that, a great sense of relief probably as well for you, Kev, first of all, I mean, you put two years of your life into it and maybe just talk a small bit about your initial idea of it. I mean, I know you're a busy touring session musician as well. First of all, how did you get the time? Or were you composing it through downtime? Or was there stuff coming still through when you were on the road? Maybe start from there. Yeah. Um, the, the album happened very suddenly. So it was just something that I had it in my system and I just had to get out. And that went very, very fast. The, it's it's a very personal story so you know that it was like oh i still have to say this and this needs to be said and then that needs to be said and this became the album um and of course this was in between other gigs and other bands i'm always busy um 
trying to stay as much on, as I can on the road because I just love doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was it was very fast. Yeah. Okay. And in relation to, I suppose again, like I know a lot about this story, but I mean people don't know the background much. So a lot of the members that played on this you've met personally, you've toured with. So maybe just go a bit into the background of how you assembled the team and then we'll yep. talk about Ken's unique story. Yeah, exactly. Because Ken is, is, is the, the odd one out uh, for, <laughs> for many good reasons. For many good Ken, reasons. Ken was yeah. the one who saved the whole thing. Um, yeah, it's especially... Um, all right, I'll try to keep my feet on the ground because usually when I start talking about making music, I get all hippie and sentimental and that kind of stuff. But to me, making music is very much about um, uh, the magic of what's inside you and trying to get it out and translating it into music. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do that for a lot of different reasons. People do it for money. People do it for fame. People do it for getting stuff out. People do it for no reason at all, but fun. And for this team um basically i'd written the whole album already um but i knew there was of course a lot of people who could improve on it i'm not a uh synthesizer player and you know there's so many people who can do better than i can Um, but i really wanted people who connected to the story because if you're gonna add something it needed to be a sentiment and not a cool solo you know yes yes um, and all these people I've toured with um, or met on the road, like for instance, Peter, uh, I didn't tour with Peter, but um, uh, I met him on the road and we had a really strong connection about uh, f- certain subjects. And that's, that's basically how, how I pick my people. So people who would do it for the right reasons. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to go through the musicians? We'll say the final five which we know yourself and ken bass was peter he was ex in flames yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, and a ton of other bands yeah. yeah yeah thomas then vulture industries that's well that's where we met yeah, yeah. he plays also in, in slagest and and he played in fried and he played in so many bands he's also a session guitarist but that's i met him on vulture industries yeah and then keys is veli matty did i pronounce yeah. that right yes Huh. Yeah, close okay. enough. <laughs> and he's not here to correct you either, anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. How did you meet Veli? That was a fun story because um, I'll try to keep it short. I was invited for a tour uh, just as a guest. Like, we have two beds left on the tour bus. You want to come have a free holiday and help out a bit? And I was like, yeah, sure, cool, I'll do that. Um, and the tour was with, uh, with Kalma, which is Veli Mati's main band. And uh, at the beginning of the tour, it turned out that their uh, singer, guitarist, the front man, was ill at home and couldn't make it to the tour. So they had an enormous problem for the tour. Uh, And since I was already on the bus, I was like, wait, let me grab my guitars and learn this whole set as much as I can in like two or three days. And then uh, I continued to play out the rest of the tour with, uh, with the band. I didn't manage, I have to be honest, because people think that I did, but I didn't manage to learn the whole show, but most of it. Yeah, and, it uh, been fairly um, nerve-wracking, the first few gigs. It, it was interesting. It was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But Veli Mati is, um, he's a phenomenal musician. I can throw anything at him and he'll just come back and give you like goosebumps. It's fantastic. Cool. So you had then the core group and you were struggling then to find a singer in so far as that some guys couldn't commit. Is that correct? Yeah, we had, um, I started this project with, in my mind, I wanted to have a pop singer um, with a fragile voice to be to stand amidst all this noise. And I was working for nine months with a, a Flemish pop singer um, who couldn't make it due to family problems that had arisen. And uh, we had to separate our ways and especially, well, you'll hear it now because now we have Ken and you've heard the album and, and how emotional the album mm. has become because of Ken. Yeah. Um, but it, it couldn't have been done with anybody else, you know? Okay. So that's why the search was so hard. Yeah. But Lars from Scar Symmetry was another person you approached it or he just didn't have the time? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was also very enthusiastic about the music. He liked it, but you know, everybody's in so many bands nowadays and it's really hard to commit. And this was a project where, um, mm. had I had a bag of money, I could have sent it to everybody and say, hey, I want you on the album. Here's a million dollars to get you motivated. <laughs> yes, yes. But yeah. I mean, the European scene, Kev, anyway, is so vibrant with so many brilliant metal bands there. I mean, considering where you are located, I know ultimately the location didn't matter in the end, but you certainly managed to get your pick of choice musicians, would say. Anyway, yeah. this is the amazing part for me, which I thought was so unique. You had the whole thing done, correct? Nearly up yeah. to mastering level, would you say? Yeah. No, well, not with the singer. No, no, I know. That's what I'm music, saying. Yeah. 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 All of it, yeah. Explain then to the listeners what you had to do then to find Ken. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I was getting desperate. So... Before I started selling my body <laughs> to find a singer, uh, I did one last feeble attempt, and I um, no, I uh, a lot of my friends gathered, and they all said something about, "Hey, here's Kevin, and he's looking for uh, for a singer. If you know anybody, because I know a lot of people in a lot of bands, um, so I was like, maybe they can reach their network and find this one brilliant singer." Uh, and they did because they made this video and then Ken saw the video and Ken was like, hey, that looks interesting. And that's, well, he should tell this story. I yeah. mean, that's yeah. Ken's part. Yeah. So Ken, tell the listeners um, where you're living anyway, first of all. <laughs> yeah, I live in uh, Eastern Oregon, right on the border with Idaho. It's a really rural area. Uh, the nearest like big city uh, is Boise, Idaho. It's about uh, 60 miles or so away. Um, but yeah, we're just in a really kind of far flung corner of the earth. Um, mm. not a lot, not a lot going on to the West of us until you hit the Willamette Valley, really a couple of hundred miles. This is just mind blowing. The coincidence, like that night you saw that message or, or video or whatever it was, you could have been doing probably 10 other things. You could have been with your kids. You, like how, how did it happen? <laughs> Yeah, so I had uh, I had been just uh, we had recently moved to a new to a new place where I finally had um, kind of dedicated studio space, if you want to call it that. Um, before uh, any time I had tried to record music, I was you know 
getting a bunch of equipment out and, you know, going to a corner of the house and hoping the kids were all going to be quiet and all of that. So it was kind of a big headache. But when we moved to this new property, uh, I saw an opportunity to do more and to have a dedicated space where I could just go and, and be, you know, creative when the fancy struck me. Uh, so to that end, uh, I do play guitar, but I'm really terrible. Uh, so, so I wanted to find, <laughs> so I wanted to find, um, you know, I wanted to find people to collaborate with. Uh, I'd been doing some stuff uh, locally uh, in my own area, just playing with some friends and I just had the bug to, to do it. So I was searching actively um, looking at YouTube and I was just throwing in uh, searches like looking for a vocalist or vocalist wanted or something like okay. that. And then I would filter it by date so that they weren't, you know, 10 year old videos. And I came across the fleet burner video and you know, the thing for me, I don't want mean to embarrass Kevin here, but the thing for me uh, that really I was impressed by more than really anything else was just that Kevin wasn't in that video. It was a bunch <laughs> of his friends making this appeal on his behalf. And I thought that spoke volumes of whoever was behind this, you know? So, I mean, really though, really, that, that really was for me. I was like, you know, I, th this music that I hear in this sounds good. Um, and, and I'm, you know, I'm interested, but I, I guess I went into it. I don't know. It was like, he was highly recommended, I guess. Mm. And the track that was put up, is that one of the tracks on the album, yeah? Or was it, what was it? It was, uh, the video is, uh, is no, done we now. It's not really relevant at the moment uh, mm. since they found a vocalist. But uh, it, it had um, like underneath the whole thing, there was, I don't remember which track was playing, Kevin, do you? Um, probably song seven or eight. Now I have to look up the title. <laughs> Uh, wait, I think I know the deck and the course. Ah, yeah, okay. exactly. Those were one of those two because those were the ones that I used the most online. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And but how did you add your vocals to that? Did you have to come up with the lyrics yourself, or? Oh well, he. Uh, do you mean for the audition or after I got the yeah, part? I'm on. I'm on about the audition. How did he hear you sing? Was it a cover of something? Yeah, he, one of the guys in the video mentioned Jeff Buckley as a oh, vocal okay. style. So I just, uh, I just did a, a quick, I mean, that night, I just grabbed from, you know, from the internet, I grabbed an uh, instrumental of Hallelujah, and I sang over it, and I sent it to Kevin and went to bed. And wow. then the next morning, I had heard from him already. Yeah, it's a great okay. choice, man. You I'm going to interrupt this here for a second, because okay. all these idols and voice of europe whatever tv shows <laughs> hallelujah is always the one song that they pick to show hey this is how good i can sing yes because it's extremely difficult to do yes. that song right and ken is always like yeah i just i didn't know who the guy was and i just listened to the song and i did it i mean and he's like probably i don't know he, he just did fantastic on the cover it was like goosebumps all over and he oh, just goes, yeah, yeah, and then I went to bed. That's, that, that's what I hate about Ken. He's like so casual about his extreme talent. It's just annoying. <laughs> okay, so Kevin, you heard that and you went, Jesus, this could possibly be the guy. On the other side of that then, Ken, you were, your background isn't slightly metal-oriented. It's more country-tinged, would, would that be fair enough to say? 
Uh, sort of. Most of the music that I've actually performed has been like Christian worship music, mm-hmm. um, you know, or uh, or sort of like Christian pop music. For for two years, right out of high school, I toured with this group uh, that that was doing just basically popular Christian cover songs, and we would tour around and you know played in youth groups and schools and stuff like that. Um, so that's most of what I've actually performed, but. I've always been really... I'm presuming then that you were involved in choirs then up to that, yeah? Uh, During high school. During high school, yeah. I was in in a bunch of choirs uh, during my junior and senior year, but before that, I hadn't been in any. Okay. Um, But uh, but then after that, uh, I just, you know, I got got married shortly after uh, I was done with, with that group. And my wife and I started having kids right away and we're just busy. So I didn't do a whole lot, but I always loved to sing like Robert Plant when I was in high school. And, uh, you know, I loved classic rock. So there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of like, you know, classic rock influences in, in, in me, I guess you could say. Okay. But you never had the chance to, um, release them, I suppose. No, only as a party trick. <laughs> like the rest of us then, really. <laughs> Did you just call this band a party trick? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I've been telling that, you know. I've been telling, no, really, though, I was we thinking about this the other day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, the, the kind of music, the way I like to sing the most is, you know, with a lot of power and a lot of energy and, and really high notes. And, and I just feel like, when I do that, it, it fulfills something in me that nothing else, that nothing else does. And I've mm-hmm. never, ever had an opportunity ever in all the music I've done to, to, to do that, except for like, you know, as, a, as like a, hey guys, look what I can do sort of a thing. And there's never really an appropriate time for that. So. <laughs> Why are you screaming at me, Ken? I was just trying to sing like Robert Plant. Okay, you had to be aware then, Kevin, of... Ken probably telling you his backstory and what did it feel like to get maybe two or three tracks back and suddenly go, as you said, goosebumps. Okay. With Jeff Buckley, but this is a complete different form of it's not rock. It's metal. I know, but I mean, just explain that to us. How did it feel or. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say that Ken was the voice that I was looking for because um, if I had like 10 criteria that I wanted for the vocals, he, he struck like 11, you know, and um, it's, I really wanted somebody for this album who could maintain fragility throughout mm. even the hardest parts of the music yeah um which is probably the reason that people reference bands like catatonia or anathema a lot in uh in the reviews because th- those are also bands that keep to keep the clean and the you know to keep it going even when the music starts getting really extreme and there's a lot of bands out there that is, as soon as the distortion guitars hit they start growling you know, and uh, I really didn't want that. I wanted mm. him to sail through the chaos and find his way as yes. in the story. Yes. And um, the way Ken did these songs and he sent them back, I already knew after the first audition, of course, like this is the guy. But um, 
we we had to talk a lot about the story and how he was going to make it his and when he started doing that is when it really started you know making sense and then you know he started putting something of his own in there and that's when it really yeah started to shine that story about fleet burner it is a concept album for people that don't know kev you can give a brief outline of that and then maybe can you talk about how your portrayal of Fleet Burner influenced the lyrical writing. Is that fair enough? So, Kev, if you start yeah. first with just a brief outline yeah. of, of it. Yes. Um, young man starts his life, sees everything around him, um, war, pain, people uh, hurting each other and wants to get away, builds a ship, doesn't know how to navigate it, is too young to do it, Others see him, are jealous, want what he has without knowing why or what it is, and they follow him, and they become a fleet that follow this person that they see as a leader, but they don't know why. Mm. Um, whilst the fleet burner, the main character, doesn't want them there because he's trying to get away from them, uh, which comes to a climax in the album. And yeah. That's that's the the main brief outline. Yeah, and the majority of this, of course, takes part in the ocean. Yeah, yeah, it's a metaphor, of course. Yeah. To me, it's it's uh, your emotional understanding of life. So, mm -hmm. how deep can you go? How much do you understand? When you're young, you're still on the beach, and when you're older, you become one with the ocean. Okay. Ken, you had that concept. Um, I'm sure Kevin probably sent you lyrics as well uh, to guide you. How did you take it on board yourself and come back at Kevin with, I suppose, different angles? I mean, you're different people, different opinions, probably. Yeah. Yeah, we have, uh, we're, we're quite, we're quite different in a lot of ways. Um, but, you know, I think of that story uh, in a real mythical kind of a sense. And I think that with any myth, there are elements that, that maybe grab people in different ways and are more significant. Um, so when, when, I, when I heard it, um, the parts that really kind of grabbed me on a real visceral and emotional level, one of them was the idea of the, um, I don't think Kevin mentioned this just now, but there's a character who's kind of this passenger, this person that the fleet burner is attempting to help and to save. And there's this process of, I'm extending friendship to you and I'm, I'm trying to, you know, help you. And I'm seeing more and more that you don't care about friendship. You don't care about other people. You just want to continue to, engage in whatever destructive behavior, you know, it happens to be. Um, and so I had, you know, I had gone through that a couple of times with some people who were really close to me and realizing at some point in my twenties that, you know, um, I can be somebody's friend and maybe I can't save them, you know, <laughs> and we can, you know, we can be friends and, and, uh, I can, I don't know. I, I guess I used to feel like I could help people and save people in that way. And so near the end of uh, song five, and I don't know what it's called. Is it called The Passenger, Kevin? Uh, that's The Fleet. The fle okay, song six then, I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's The Passenger. Yeah, and near the end there, there's this line where it says, a cry for help, but I can't free you. Um, and I think that was one of your lines, but that really 
you know, I don't know. That was one of the things. I'm not really doing a very good job at answering this question. <laughs> I think I forgot what it was. <laughs> anyway. How you took Kevin's lyrics and made a lot of them your own by, as I said, you've two different personalities. And I was just intrigued how Kevin felt when he got your side of things back. And mm. especially the way your voice portrayed it as well. So emotional. Um, so Kevin, like you weren't overly possessive of the lyrical side of things. You were quite happy once it, fitted the, the whole concept would that be fair to say yeah we we had some talks about it there there are some parts where um my main goal was because i already said what i wanted to say with the with the music so there's yeah. so much of myself in there that mm -hmm. whatever happens to, to the lyrics my parts in there um but i also wanted to make the story so that anybody could hook on and feel something relevant to them, you know? And that's what you're seeing now, that people start sending messages like, it made me feel this, and this is how I felt after hearing that. And um, it, that's, that's when, you know, sometimes when it became too personal for Ken or too personal for me, we had to keep each other in check and go, okay, this is not gonna work for everybody, okay. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Other people that contributed to the album, I mean, you've got some great, I'll try and pronounce her name. Akneta. Akneta. <laughs> Everybody's always struggling with that, yeah. <laughs> I can't do it either, so. There's Akneta, there's Niels who added some fantastic guitar work. Yes. And of course, then there's Caleb as well, which is very interesting. He, he's a small part, but he, it's a big part in a way. Exactly, yeah. And Christopher as well. Mm -hmm. They all contributed. And is it Masha? Masha, yeah. Again, there was other people that brought their personalities to it as well. Yeah. I don't know, Kevin, what do you think here? But... It was bugging me when I was listening to the album and I've listened to it a few times and I could not think of who Ken reminded me of. And it was only today I, I got it. And it, was, okay. and it was just listening to, I think it was, uh, yeah, Open Water. Open Water got it for me because it, it was just so okay. annoying. And, <laughs> and funnily enough, it's a, it's a concept album as well. And okay. it's Jeff Wayne's World Worlds. Really? Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Justin yeah. Hayward, step forth, Ken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Are you aware of that album, Ken? What is it now? It's War of the Worlds by Jeff Wayne. No, I'm not aware of it. Oh, man. What? You can have, you can have, you can have fun what? with this one. <laughs> we, we definitely have to talk after this. <laughs> what? Okay, so I'm sure you know it. He knows it. He, he doesn't know he knows it. Yeah. <laughs> Because Forever Autumn, Kevin, obviously, you know, that song, Now That You're Not Here, mm -hmm. that's Ken's voice, man. He could do that in his sleep and he yes. did the war as well. So yeah. you can Google Justin Hayward, Ken. Um, it is the highest compliment I could give you, really. That well, thank you. I, uh, I'll accept it in, in my ignorance and uh, <laughs> I'll Google and amend that later. Even World Worlds is such a great concept album and there's so much variety. Yeah. And, and I think that's another reason why I really enjoyed your album. It's a great thank story you. and there's so much going on in it with musically, lyrically, and um, just to see the way it all fell together really impressed me. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to play... Um, open water if you don't mind for a few minutes just to give a listen. Cool. Yeah. A tolling bell 
Oh man, that's so good. Um, what a delivery. Kev, you chose well. <laughs> I, think, I, I think that, you know, for me, when, when we were talking, you know, about all this stuff, um, one thing that, that really stands out in my mind is just that when I first listened to the, the album, because Kevin sent me all the tracks, two or three of them had been mixed when I got them and the rest were unmixed. But when I listened through, I was like, this is like, I loved it before, before I put any vocals to it at all. Mm. And so yeah. that's one thing with my own music. Whenever I go back and I listen to something that I've recorded or, or written myself with, with no other influence, you know, you always are super heavily critical of, of what you've done yourself. And it's like, oh man, like the writing there is bad or, the, or, or, or whatever it happens to be. But with Fleet Burner, there's so many elements and Kevin has often talked about this and it really, you know, resonates with me too. It's like, I love the writing. I love the, the performances of all the other musicians. Yeah. I loved it without yeah. vocals. And so, mm -hmm. you know, it's just like, it's just such a treat for me. The whole thing was a treat. You know, Kevin's, Kevin's, um, his openness with allowing me to, to create lyrics that were meaningful to me and that still fit the storyline. And, and to, in some cases, you know, we, we took the lyrics that he had and changed them very little. In some cases we didn't change them at all. Um, in other cases, it was like, you know, I just got totally inspired by the song and by the story and, and came up with something that was in the vein of what he had written, but, but very different. Um, and it was just, you know, you were great to work with Kevin. How about that? Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. I can't wait to do the next one. I'm very yeah. humble too, Kevin. Is it easier for you to listen to this album now because so many people contributed that it wasn't this huge toil where you did everything? Is it easier because more yeah. people contributed? Just to, I can see your face there when we were even listening to that. You know, you were still getting yeah. the buzz out of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Um it, it made it more work, of course, to have so many people mm. on board and bring them all in the same center. Yeah. Um, but what, exactly what you're saying, what you're seeing is that um, this started as something, and I tried to stay away from too much emotion, but this started as something very, very personal for me, mm -hmm. um, where so many people have for free for music for friendship come on board and said we will help you lift this story off your shoulders yes um Very and can threw some parts of himself in there and maybe even lifted some of his own burden with it i don't know um mm. but when i listen back that's what i get i don't hear oh that's an awesome riff i made i i, I don't hear that i hear the people that played through it yeah yeah exactly mm. yeah there's one song there that's pretty personal to you. It's The Deep. Yeah. I, I came across it in another interview. I think people need to hear it because I know there's a sense of loss and stuff, but you honoured a friend with a riff. Is that not correct? Or have I got it right? It's a really yeah. powerful act of what you did again, and I think people need to hear this, if you yeah. don't mind. Uh, yeah, that's, it's, it's also a very special moment in the album for me that is still hard to listen to. Um, uh, a good old childhood friend of mine um, used to be the, the best guitar player that I knew. He was like, he was guitar god. Um, 
and he never saw that. Just like Ken will never realize exactly how good he is because he is Ken. Um, this this person, this friend of mine, Eric, um, he he was, you know, he was my inspiration, and he taught me how to play, and he taught me this one riff before I could play it. Um, at a later stage in our friendship, Eric took his life and uh, was no longer with us. And uh, I was not really that much into music anymore. I um, was doing comic books and all this other stuff. And he left me his guitar, his main guitar, as a, as a token of, you have to start playing again. Um, and after I got that guitar, everything blew up and I was starting to do all these huge bands and everything. But that one riff that I could never play before, I could play by now because I, you know, and I always took it with every single show, every stage that I played, I played that riff, either in the side corridors or on stage during soundcheck, I always played that one riff. Um, and when this album happened, um, I wanted to honor him by having the riff in there, but it was like super trashy metal, not really fitting the, the rest of the music. Um, so somebody had to make something out of that. Um, and Eric, my, my friend, was a huge fan of Arch Enemy and of Christopher Amott. Um, and I met Christopher on tour, told him this story, and he said, yeah, say no more. I'll, you know, uh, I'll gladly do it. And Christopher did a solo over that riff, which now is like a highlight on the album yes. because it's so powerful, so mm. eruptive that um that the riff carrying it become yeah oh well yeah I, you get it you yeah know? yeah yeah it's incredible yeah. it's absolutely yeah. what a way to honor a fallen comrade is the best mm -hmm. way um to yeah. do it and that song for you will forever resonate with yeah. you and I, and I think it's a great gesture will we just run through the tracks if you don't mind just so people just a, a brief outline for each one, the land starts it off. Was that the obvious choice as a musical piece? First yeah. of all, yeah, it was okay. I love the organ in that. That's very deep purple as well. <laughs> yeah, Veli is Veli did that, and Veli is very. He, I think Ken inspired us to do a lot more classic rock kind of stuff. Yeah, you can so, certainly yeah. hear it there because Ken's voice is yeah. obviously brilliant in that. The beach is the next song, um, brilliant solo by Niels. And I hear somehow or other, again, Ken, it's Stevie Nicks is coming through there. I don't know why, but man, I can, I can get Stevie Nicks vibe through that. You do know who Stevie Nicks is, don't you? I do. Yeah. <laughs> that, one's, that one's in there. <laughs> the next track is The Breakwater. Kev, maybe you could talk a bit about that. It's a pretty heavy track, actually. Yeah, it is. But I, I think, Ken, we, we both have our own way of seeing this. Maybe it's good if you take this one, the breakwater. Mm. So this is track number three, correct? Yeah, that's one. That's one. What about it? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm pretty bad at this. One more time. It's a very heavy track, Ken. How did you approach that? Um, well, let me think. You know, so much of this for me was, was kind of a whirlwind because I was going out virtually every night or, or waking up really early every morning and, and visiting. Sometimes I would visit, you know, let's say track three, I would do, you know, 45 minutes working on it and only get 
you know, one line that I felt was usable. I'd send that to Kevin and I'd go, okay, I'm, I'm done with track three. My mind is fried on it. So I'm jumping to track 11. So there was a lot of that. Okay. Um, so it might not be super easy for me to, uh, to recall exactly. I do remember <laughs> that I think that track number three probably was the one with the most lyrical changes as we, as we sort of processed it. That one and, and the last track, number 11. Would, would you say that's true, Kevin? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because sometimes as well, which is another compliment to E, I, I find concept albums sometimes just get bogged down a lot of the time with lyrics. And that certainly wasn't the case there. So that's a real plus for me in my experience listening to the album as well. Um, track four, Open Water, absolutely my favorite track. At the moment, Ken doing Justin Hayward, really, really good. <laughs> um, there's a thing there which, which is really nice throughout the whole album as well Kev it might be Vili Matty deliberately doing it it's just the whole music box sound right through yeah that's me okay so yeah. is that just to emphasize probably maybe the youth side of yeah. things okay yes yeah it is it's um, there's a recurring theme that I have throughout other albums actually that I wrote um I, I used to have this cuddly toy as a kid and that has this chord and you pull it and it plays back this music. Mm. Um, and that sentiment is always linked to childhood. So I wanted that feeling in there. So, okay. cool. yeah. Nice. So track five is the fleet. How did Caleb come on board with that? Well, reluctantly. Okay. <laughs> uh, Caleb is a fantastic musician who is... Um, Sadly, always struggling to to keep head above water with uh, having to pay rent, and because he's he's stuck in a place where people have to work like twenty hours a day just okay. to make a living. Um, so he would like to do a lot more music than he can, um, and I always throw him curveballs. Like he, he he's like, but I want to growl in a band, you know. This is what I do, and you just keep asking me to narrate stuff and and do scary voices and whatever. I but wouldn't he's blame just, you. He's perfect. He's so good at it. Yeah. yeah. And again, he doesn't realize it. Um, I wanted him to do more, but um, he didn't have the time, which is yeah. basically why Achneta came on board at a later point. Um, okay. Had Caleb had more time, maybe Achneta would have not been there. Ah, so okay. that was all. So that was a good balance. Mm. Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, the passenger Lars was going to sing that, and Aknetka came in with that as well. It was um, a brilliant contrast, actually, for the song. Worked really yeah. well, I thought. What about your uh, vocals on that, Ken? Because it is a, it's kind of a dark song, uh, lyrically yeah, so as well, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. It deals with some some heavy stuff. So that was the one um, that. Uh, Kevin actually sent me a, a sort of a, a demo that that Lars had made mm. um, and it was of the first few lines I don't remember exactly how long it was but I mean that was such a great springboard because I love that I love that vocal part there in the beginning um, and it just yeah it was a, I, I feel like that one was was a, a smooth uh, one it was it was difficult to to, to sing because you know there were all these there, there are these interesting harmonies that he's doing um, that Lars was doing in the, in the demo. And so I, I did a lot of listening back to try and, and get those just right. Cause it was, it was really cool. It was great right out of, uh, I mean, you know, right from the beginning there. It works so well, Kev. 
have to mm-hmm. pronounce her name, Akneka. Why did you decide to uh, marry that set of vocals with Ken's? Is it just to suit the story? Or it's not an obvious thing that you do, but when you put it in, it works so well. Yeah, I think Akneta, um, I, I want to try not to offend people, but usually um, a lot of females in metal are doing exactly what a lot of males are doing. As soon as it gets loud, they start squeezing and they start trying to get over the music and, you know, over-forcing it. And Agneta is somebody who has proven over all these years in Mater Mortem in her band that you can, you can have a really emotional, up-close voice throughout Complete Chaos. Mm. Um, and Ken is doing the same. And they, they both have this 70s vibe in their voice that just, it just works so well, you know? Yeah. Why was it on that song in particular that you decided to put the two of them together? Um, because that's, that's the point where he gets thrown overboard. Yeah. Um, and she is representing the ocean. And oh, okay. you know, you're, you're like okay. happy throughout life and everything is going well. And then for the first time in your life, perhaps somebody says to you, hey, I used to be your friend, but you're not anymore. Um, that point is where you really change your perspective on life and you get confronted with your own emotions and Agneta kind of gives that a voice. Okay, brilliant. Cool. So the next song is The Deck. I hear Jeff Buckley coming through it there, Ken. Um, I, I just really enjoyed that vocal performance. Again, was, and your voice soars so well on that track. Did you have a few ideas about how to present that vocally? With that one, I that one was one of the early ones. That was uh, he sent me two songs initially, and then um, after I got the gig, he sent me the rest. Mm. So um, that one I remember just being really impressed with and uh, and sort of in love with um, right out of the gate. At the end, uh, there. Th- this is one of the only things that I remember really clearly about um, about doing that one. I know that I know that that was one of the earlier ones, so it probably flowed pretty quick because I feel like the first three or four songs that that I contributed, um, you know, I was listening to all the music and then sort of going for the low hanging fruit. So I was sending him stuff Mm. that was coming easily. And and this was one of those. But near the end there, um, uh, (laughs) I did these harmonies. And they, again, it was just kind of flowing this one night. And I thought, oh, for sure, he's not going to, he's not going to probably like this. Cause it's got, you know, it's got a lot of layers to it. Uh, it's the part where, he, where it says uh, one man can stand before another or something like that. And um, I sent that off. And the next morning he sent me some notes back. He said, okay, so this part, we want to change that. Or I like this part, let's keep this. And then at the end of the email, he says, and these harmonies at the end are pure seventies gold. Don't change a thing. And I was like, all right, <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm happy that that, that, that works together. I'm happy that I gets to make it into the album. Yeah, that's cool, man. Track eight is the course. It's a really strong song, actually. Kevin, great riffs. Thank you. And I think the theme is there's a choice to be made on that. Your vocal performance, I'm hearing Queen on that one. So good, man, Freddie Mercury. It's just my perspective, no, but I mean, Freddie Mercury of Queen. I'm kidding, kidding. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you, got, you got this close to being fired, Ken. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know a few things, okay, Kevin, guys? Kevin, I've never been so stressed in my life. <laughs> uh, brilliant, brilliant song, the course. Love it. I think the next song, Below the Waves, sums up the entire album. There's so much in it that just resonates right through the album. It's a great song. Uh, Kev, do you want to take that? Yeah. It's, um, uh, I really like Below the Waves even more now because we did mm. the video for it. Yeah. Um, and the video itself, making that, I did that with a friend here in the Netherlands and we did everything like going filming at four o'clock in the morning and, and getting all these shots and everything. And um, it, it became something even extra on top of the story because the whole, st it, I think the, Below the Waves is maybe one of those songs that kind of, uh, summarizes the whole story. You can mm. you can hear the whole story from beginning to end in that one song. Yeah. Uh, before you go to the conclusion, um, and yeah, that's I I really have a special place for that song. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think filming that video as well probably must have been a real confirmation that you're doing something right because it's beautifully shot. I think. Thank you. Even the way the sun is coming through the trees there, that's not special effects, man. That's. That's... I, I actually, this is, okay, cool story beside that. Um, he, he has this windmill, right? Yeah. And he finds it in the video and I'm being helped by this company and they make these lenses that you put on your iPhone and it gives you these flares. Mm. Um, and I was filming this shot where, where he has to find the windmill and exactly, exactly in that one shot, the, the lens flare goes right there it is. And it was so magic. It was like it points directly at the windmill in the same colors of the windmill. It was like meant to be. It was, and that shot's in the, in the video. And people yeah. will always think, yeah, that's just after effects or whatever. But no, that happened. Wow. That was, uh, yeah, that was amazing. Stuff like yeah. that makes it even more special, man. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So the deep we talked about and the final track, The Endless, it's a powerful ending to end the brilliant album, really. Ken, were you aware that that was the final track? Yes, yep. Mm. Did you have to approach it in any different way or were you just content to... That one was the, I mentioned before, that was the other one that I think we probably went back and forth on the most. Mm -hmm. uh, there were kind of a few uh, attempts that I made initially um, that neither of us felt really worked. You know, sometimes I would just... I would kind of go, okay, I'm not feeling very inspired. And I'd throw something his way and then he'd give it a little twist and send it back and it worked. But on that one, like, I don't know, we just, we, the stuff I was doing at the beginning just wasn't working. So we, we ended up cutting it and I just come in a lot later and, and that does work really nicely, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. And then also with, with that one, uh, Kevin was, uh, he had a real clear vision of the way that uh, the lyrics were supposed to um, sort of take us out of the album. Um, so uh, again, that was a lot of massaging uh, to, to get it just right. And I remember sending him a whole bunch of different, like, okay, here's a version where I'm giving it as much emotion as I can, trying to, you know, sound like I'm crying. Here's a version where we're taking those lines out in a real triumphant kind of way, all yeah. these different things. So, but he made, he made the right choices, I think on all, on all mm. accounts there. Yeah. And of course, obviously it depends on how, on how, the, how well the album is received, but it leaves it open for a second album. Without a doubt, Kev, yeah. Um, well, I, 
if that's the way you want to see it, yes. Yeah. Uh, that's the <laughs> um, way I want I, to see it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you'll sure have it. No, um, it is. Um, I don't think there will ever be a continuation of this direct story because it's just mm. it's completely circular. Um, but uh, well, Ken and I talked a lot about what what will the fleet burner experience after this album? What will happen? And um, I don't think we agree. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Butler Records. How did they come on board? Um, I'm thinking now, how did I find them? Uh, yeah, I reached out to another Dutch label um, who were too busy. They liked the album, but they said, you have to get Stefan. Um, and they are a great match because they are like linked to uh, Bertus Distribution, which is okay. like the biggest distributor in Europe. They do all these major labels. Um, so hey, they have a, a great network to distribute the music. And Stefan, the... The, the main guy that's helping me there is really, really enjoying the album and doing whatever he can to, well, to get the, the response that you have now, mm. you know, is that you really, um, you're not listening to it like, oh, here's a cool track by a new band. You know, you're aware of the fact that it's part of something yes. bigger. Uh, and that's what, especially Stefan and the label are really trying to do now. It's mm. like, okay, you have to see the whole thing and then you'll understand. Otherwise, it's just a few songs. Yeah. And uh, what grabbed my attention as well was Hans Peters, Hail of Bullets. Yeah. Hans and I go way back. Hans is God on a mixing desk. Because he understands the importance of not having a snare go clack, 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 mm. and not sampling everything. And he just understands Phil Collins, you know? It's, <laughs> <laughs> yes. 80s all the way. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> and yeah. As well as that, um, I've, I've more or less covered everything. I must say as well, did you come up with the merchandising? I'm getting a t-shirt anyway, without a doubt, a white t-shirt. <laughs> I, love, I love the t-shirt design. It's really cool. Cool, thank you. I didn't do all of them, um, but um, uh, let's see. The artwork is by Stuzor, who also did the album cover. Uh, the, the let's give him a big shout out. Yes, yeah, brilliant art album yeah, cover. Yeah, he is Amazing. incredible. You should really yeah. check out his other work. And yeah, uh, well. fantastic. Um, and then we have the Sebrod Brick, who helped me with the design with the triangle, the it's new really one. really cool. That's the one I yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the first image from the, the clip below the waves where the main character comes out of the waves with the burning candle. Yeah. That's that, that image. When that happened, we, well, the, the guy who did it, we were at four o'clock in the morning in a freezing lake <laughs> and I wanted to do a third take and he was like, no, you got it. <laughs> you yeah. see what you missed out on, Ken? The sacrifices. <laughs> So anything else, lads, you want to add? You know, I presume it's available in all formats, Kev, or am I wrong? I know it's there on vinyl anyway. Yeah, it's uh, on fleetburner.com. You can find it on CD or vinyl, but it's also available in a ton of record shops. Even your local record shop can, you know, have it. Um, I, I don't even know where they are. They, it's like mm. record stores can decide wh whether they want to have it. Um, but most of the major online platforms like Amazon, they all have it. Yeah. And of course, streaming. So yeah. that's uh, 
Yeah. Well, I'm I'm old school man. I want the physical copy. So Can? how much <laughs> merchandising? We'll make sure you get one. Yeah, I was just going to say, how much merchandising have you received yet off Kevin? What's that? Are you are you just talking to me? I, I was. You guys were breaking up there for a minute. Ken, Sorry. how much merchandising did you receive off Kevin so far? I presume he sent you the vinyl. He sent you the oh, yeah, t-shirts. Got... He sent you plectrums. <laughs> I've got a shirt and I got the vinyl. I'm delighted to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> he bought it I should have worn it today. <laughs> he bought it. Yeah. Oh, you didn't so have good. to say because that. I'm the musician in the band. I'm the one with no money. I, yes. Peter also yes. said, hey, man, if you send us some merch, I can wear it and promote the band. And I was like, Dude, if I had the money, I would yeah. send it. Yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> Okay, lads, listen, thanks for coming on the Smashing Skull Sessions. As I said, it is definitely a contender for debut album of the year in Europe. Wow. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. You know what I mean? I, I thought it was brilliant. And this wow. is from a guy that isn't sure about concept albums, but this one certainly worked in ticked all the boxes for me. Fantastic performances throughout by every member that you got on board kevin as a director man that oscar is on its way to you buddy <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot man thanks for having us yeah so you've been listening to hey, kevin thank you for and, having us kevin and ken of fleet burner check out all their stuff it is really unique album and um a lot of work went into it a lot of people contributed and it, and they all did it for the right reasons you've been listening to richie from the smash and skull sessions hit subscribe and stay tuned for another episode. Thank you.